Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. Welcome back to The Defiant Spirit. I'm Bar Halevi, also known as the creator of The Defiant Spirit and the Defy Your Number Enneagram System and your guide to and through this podcast. So thanks for tuning in. Um, For those of you first-time listeners, we talk about all things Enneagram, which is an ancient energetic personality map, sometimes called a personality assessment nine basic personality or energy types, together with the defiant power of the human spirit, a term that uh, rose out of my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, and his work, Logotherapy. It was a logo. I'm a logotherapist. He is the father of logotherapy. And that is simply, or not so simply, meaning-centered, not only therapy, healing, but, but living, purpose-driven life. I think that was said by uh, someone else. But Nonetheless, that's what it is, and that's what I do. I help people discover meaning in all of all aspects of life and live their purpose in all aspects of their life. So we use the Enneagram as a roadmap to just give us practical tools and strategies of how to do that. Now, we've been marching through the Enneagram over the past few months, starting with one, working our way up to almost at least in the next couple of weeks, nine, um, so that you would have nine basic videos or podcasts, however you're getting this, to, so that I could refer you to. I refer clients to these. People ask me all the time, what's the Enneagram? I do have a program. I have a very methodical, thorough program called Defy Your Number. And if you're watching um, on the video, you see a picture of um, Defiant Spirit, Defy Your Number Enneagram System. This is from Enneagram number eight. So I have nine different packets or packages with um, an ebook and videos and workbook and step by step sort of multimedia experience. And even built into that is an Enneagram assessment, not just any old assessment, but the Enneagram assessment on the market. There's a lot of free ones out there. Ain't going to do you any harm to take it. It probably just isn't going to do you that much good either. At best, if it's correct, you don't know what to do with it. And at worst, it's going to misguide you, mistype you down a different path. Now, at the end of the day, only you can decide what your Enneagram number is and isn't. And this assessment that I use gives you um, a lot more in-depth analysis of your Enneagram type. But again, at the end of the day, it's up to you to discover it and to defy it, though I do make it very easy. Now, one-stop shop, jump over to defiantspirit.org, take the assessment, get into the um, right program based on your Enneagram type, and this is just a taste of what you'll get over there. So Enneagram 8, for anybody just first-time listeners, doesn't don't know much about the Enneagram, no problem, you're in you know, a good, safe, sacred space to explore it. 
the numbers are always the same in every Enneagram system, meaning that, you know, everything we're going to talk about is going to be true, or at least the majority of it's going to be true in most systems. The names change. So I go by the name The Challenger. Um, there are other names. Let me jump to a slide here that I can never remember. It's the Boss, The Maverick, The Defender, um, the, the Eight Hole. That's my wife's name for it, simply because I am an eight. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you call it, because in every Enneagram system, it really represents the same type of energy. And again, that's what this is. You're not an eight. I'm not an eight. I have energetic patterns like an eight. I react, as we'll be talking about, like an eight. I can respond like an eight, but I'm not an eight. And you're not a two or a five or a seven. It's our default strategy. Again, you have all nine numbers within you. And the work of defy your numbers to defy your reaction, to stop reacting, to take back the power to choose your response from the work of Viktor Frankl. This is all the power we have to choose our response to any given set of circumstances. And so the work we do here is to understand our number, not to limit you or reduce you, but the opposite, to understand where we have been limited, where we have been reduced by ourselves, by our families, our friends, our society, where we have gotten stuck in a box. Or as Mitch, um, what's his name? No, it's not Mitch Alpin. Dan Millman, who wrote um, the book about Socrates, I just blanked on it, the, the Way of the Peaceful Warrior, says something to the effect of most people don't realize they're in a prison of invisible bars. You know, meaning we create our own prisons. We put ourselves behind these invisible bars and we just get stuck there. And we start living our lives in this repetition, in this rote reaction to whatever comes our way. And the work that we do here, the defiant spirit, the way that I understand and teach the Enneagram, defy your number, is to stop reacting, to start responding, and to defy. So this is a page from the Defy Your Number program for Enneagram 8, The Challenger. And I have some, you know, I have lots of fun pictures all throughout the 41 pages of each ebook. Um, but every, you know, this is taken from the Defy Your Number program. So this is uh, just a good way to bring to life, I think, each Enneagram type is to show famous examples. Now, it's not hard science. I've been asked a couple times, you know, how do I know for sure? I don't know for sure. I simply know what I know about the Enneagram. I have intuition like you. I've looked at other people's, almost every other Enneagram program out there. So I'm drawing from best practice. There's no, however, universal agreed upon, um, you know, that Winston Churchill is an eight. However, knowing, being, you know, reacting like an eight myself and knowing Churchill and having read, you know, at least one of his biographies, I, I, I have confidence that he was an eight because there's similar patterns and strategies that all eights employ or deploy. We all have this within us, but some of us, this is what I call our core type, our core go-to strategy. So if you look, if you're listening, I'll just share with you some of the names on here and you'll start quickly to get a feel of vibe for an eight. But um, Charles Barkley, if any of you know basketball, Barkley, all eight rebounder. Um, Johnny Cash, you can hear the eightness in his his just really direct and raw music. Um, Alan Dershowitz, 
He is definitely an eight. If you've ever seen him operate in the courtroom, Bruce Lee was supposedly an eight. Clint Eastwood movies are like all eights and Clint Eastwood probably is an eight. Toni Morrison. I mean, read her, her uh, poetry and her writing. It just is raw and real like an eight. Queen Latifah, um, Russell Crowe, the musician Pink, Barbara Walters, Sean Penn. You can see a lot in his later in life advocacy. Denzel Washington, Frank Sinatra, Muhammad Ali. Sometimes I think he's a three um, when I watch his performance because he's a little more performative than eight. I do what I do. And that is for an eight. Um, coming down from this place of autonomy and control, if you're looking, I'm going to co combine these two. But autonomy, control, you, you just, we don't want to be controlled. We, we value autonomy. You know, when I was a rabbi and I had a congregational position and I hit a sort of ceiling of salary, they couldn't offer me any more. I didn't care and I negotiated for time off freedom. Free, I had negotiated for freedom of pulpit. I had my contract. I could say whatever I wanted to. I could, I, I answered to no, you know, lots of rabbis will answer to ritual committees. Um, and it's a big source of tension for a lot of rabbis and, and congregations, synagogues. I put in my contract, no, I answer, I am like Hebrew national hot dogs. Why? Because I answer to a higher authority. And I put in there specifically, I will not answer to a ritual committee. You're paying me to be the big boss on all things Jewish. So you're going to either have to trust me and hire me for that or not hire me. And so that, that was a very eight thing to do. Now, it got me into some trouble. I didn't engage enough people in the process. I didn't get enough buy-in before I did some really crazy things um, that pushed the envelope too far. But that's just how eights roll. And I'm a, I'm a sexual eight, so that's a different subtype. It's the most intense. So not all eights are this intense, but there's all, with all eights, there's this need for autonomy and control. And if you try and control us, it's like sucking the oxygen out of our blood. I can't handle being handled. I hate it. I know it. Eights have a sixth sense for when people are trying to handle us and manage us and control us, and it drives us batshit crazy. Just telling you right now. Doesn't mean we don't have work to do. I have plenty of work to do. Ask my wife, Ariella, and I've done a lot of work, and I still have a lot of work to, to do around taking a deep breath, allowing myself to be managed, allowing myself to be controlled, allowing other people to have input into my life, my decisions, whatever. And so that's a growth process, but it doesn't come naturally for an eight. Now, why? Well, I'll finish up here with some core values and I'll talk about why, where it's coming from, the fear. But, um, you know, power, autonomy, control, freedom. And that comes from this drive. And nobody wants to just be autonomous and in charge for autonomy and in charge sake. I mean, for what? To do what? To be in control. So now what? Justice, truth, some of these big, bold, important issues in life. It doesn't mean all eights are good. We have our share of, we have more than our share of representatives of the, you know, tyrants and the dictators in human history, I would imagine a good percentage of them were Enneagram 8s, something like Fidel Castro and Saddam Hussein and 
Um, I, I've, I read a whole thing on this once about all the different tyrants. I think I blocked it out just for sanity purposes. So, um, so it doesn't mean that we're all good all the time, but there is this drive for absolute, um, you know, a black and white kind of a right and a wrong. And we can be skewed on our understanding of that, but we're driving towards that. We don't see the world well in shades of gray. That's not an eight thing. Eights are in or they're out. They're on or they're off. Truth or falsehood, which is it? Now, life usually isn't that binary, that dichotomous. Usually it's shades of gray. When I was in high school, my, I remember my mom saying to me, um, you know, son, life is not black and white. Life's shades of gray. And I never tough talking mode. And I'm sort of shut down in a healthy way by somebody with more authority. I've had this multiple times with doctors or my lawyer or um, whomever I've entrusted and they can, you know, try speak directly to me and kind of shut it down from a place of authority. And it's not a com combat. It's not uh, a battle between us. It's more of them recognizing in me that I am wrong and I'm scared and I'm just in need of somebody to tell me what to do. And they have the authority and the, uh, the actual facts on their side to do so. And so that's a very important understanding of an eight that oftentimes they need that. But there's a difference between backing an eight into the corner and them coming out fighting versus them pontificating and posturing and all the bravado stuff. And that's just not real. As I mentioned before, as you're looking at this, I'm not real proud of it, but war criminals, tyrants, bullies, you know, Johnny Lawrence, for those of you in pop culture, uh, Karate Kid, I think he was an eight, certainly his sensei, uh, John Priest, I uh, forgot his name, but um, Cobra Kai, definitely an eight-ish vibe. I love this slide. If you're not looking, you'll get it when you um, engage me in the Defy Your Number program. But these are all eights in pop culture. You got all kinds of scary eights on here. You got Darth Vader. You got um, you got um, Yosemite Sam. You have, again, John Priest or whatever his name is. You got Princess Leia. Sometimes people say she's in, I think, a six. I, I think she's an eight. Um, have you ever seen Fauda? If you haven't watched Fauda, Fauda is a great show about Israeli special forces or undercover, whatever. I forget what they are. Mossad, maybe. Um, but anyways, the lead character in it, he's an eight. Oftentimes you have these kind of eight tough guys, tough gal images. And then you watch these shows, you get to see them. And underneath there's a there's a soft, a vulnerable side to an eight, to your eight. And that's important to know, to come back to. So... Um, you know, I have it here. Eights are really overcompensating for being vulnerable. Now, if you are an eight, I would say that's a pathway back for you. It's called the virtue. And the pathway back to your true self as an eight is to bring down the intensity, right? To bring down the need to be in control, in charge, to realize you've done your best. If you're an eight, we know you've done your best. You've probably overdone it and now it's no longer your best. And now you need to sit back. You need to let go. You need to let God. You need to be open to other people stepping in and helping. You need to open your palm to be vulnerable, right? To stop clenching so hard and fighting your way through life. I'm making a fist for those listening and to open your palm. Great um, midrash in the 
rabbinic tradition. Some of you have heard this before, but um, the Talmud says every baby is born into the world with fists clenched and every corpse leaves with hand wide open, right? Unclenched, exposing their palm. The work of our lifetime is to learn how to unclench our fists before life unclenches them for us. And I would say this is the work of, a, of an eight, to release the grip, to open our palm, you know, to expose that softer side of our hand. The, 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 the knuckles are rough and tough and, you, um, you know, you're ready to fight, but to expose the softer side of not only your hand, but yourself is the work of an eight. Ariella says to me all the time. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. You need to soften. I think this is a word I've heard from her and my mom and others a thousand times. Soften, be softer, be gentler, be more compassionate. Bring, you know, drop your sword of truth and pick up this, you know, sort of message of mercy and compassion. That's really hard. Who learn how to harness that can do great things in this world with that that energy of anger. So it's about learning how to harness it to use it. One of my favorite teachings is by a, a mystic, a rabbi mystic named the Koritzer Rebbe, who said, I conquered my anger a long time ago, and now I keep it in my pocket. That way it's there when I need it. And we need anger in our pocket. We need to be able to access it, to learn how to access it. Nines could, you know, and sevens could really stand to, and ones and all of the types can um, stand to, to learn how to access their anger in a healthy way. Eights can teach us how to do that. The responsive eight is a game changer. The responsive eight is um, driven by this sort of sense of salvation, not theological or religious salvation, but to save, to save um, the, the, the weak, the the, those who are being abused, those who are preyed upon, you know, the, they're here to save by bringing justice to injustice or right to wrong. Um, and so you really have to appreciate this energy of an eight. As a world, we, are, we should be grateful for eights. And if an eight is in your life, trust me, they're not the easiest people to deal with on the Enneagram, but they certainly, I'd like to think, are worth what they bring. It doesn't excuse their bad behavior, it explains it. Now the onus is on them to do the work, stop reacting, and start responding as a healthy, the high side of an eight. I will see you in the next podcast or in the next uh, video, or you'll hear from me in the next podcast. And until then, jump over to defiantspirit.org. It's almost ready to go. I mean, the, the new website is up there, it's pretty minimal, but we're adding a sales page for Defy Your Number. I have a new ebook that's free, a complimentary, um, and not some, you know, BS ebook like you oftentimes hear about, but although it's like 15 pages, they're packed full of all nine types summaries. And I call it nine Enneagram types walk into a bar. And um, just gives you kind of an overview of each Enneagram type. So that should be up on my website soon. And all you'll have to do is click a button. Until then, just shoot me an email at baruch, B-A-R-U-C-H, at defiantspirit.org. And you can um, yep, shoot me an email. I'll get you the ebook. And that is my gift to you. So until the next uh, conversation, defy your number and live your spirit. 
Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. The Defiant Spirit is an offering of Soul Center to Center for Spirituality, Meaning, and Healing. And if you'd like to learn more about the Defiant Spirit or Soul Center, get more inspirational content, access to a variety of online programs, or see how we might work together to discover deeper meaning in your life, greater purpose for your life, or live the Defiant Spirit power within your life, visit DefiantSpirit.org. Until then, keep living your defiance.